Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to Inside the Firm with your co-hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. I have nothing funny to we say have two, about We have two co-hosts today. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Isn't that how it should, isn't that what it there technically is? There you go. We're finally, we're both, we're finally equal Same level. It only took us 10, 15 years to settle this. That's anyways, if people knew that we both think we're better than each other, it's, this is a big revelation. Yep. Big revelation. You should know that. But if you want to get better than Lance and I, wow, you you can. How do you do 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 it? You go to revitrocketship.com. Really? And you're like, my Revit skills are good, but not great. So I'm going to get on a rocket ship called revitrocketship.com. Learn our template tutorials. All that stuff. Um, it, it is. We've been honing this system for a while, um, and we've had a lot, a lot of great uh, reviews, feedback from it. So, if you don't know Revit, it's the perfect way to start. Uh, RevitRocketShip.com. We teach you. It's fun. It's friendly. It's in little segments that you can do, so you don't have to block out a whole time. You can literally just. Probably the best way to do it is, I have five minutes in the morning every day. And, you know, some of the videos are seven minutes, some are three minutes, right? But you got five minutes, right? And just do one, one morning and you'll get it done. And you'll probably be so excited and have so much fun. You'll finish it faster than that. Yep. RevitRocketShip.com. Man, and then once you board that rocket ship, what you need to do is what all the other architects have been doing for 30 years mm. is uh, they've been going to RCAT.com and with, and their, and RCAT.com has nearly 30 years of experience ex- assisting architecture professionals in their search for the best products for their projects that you can then put into Revit. That's right. You can just go there for free, find the BIM objects. They're well made. Uh, some Many by yours truly, many by Al's truly. Uh, so starting as a desktop reference with listing and manufacturer's catalogs, ArcCat has now evolved into the number one most used website for finding building product information. Today, ArcCat is an invaluable tool for AEC professionals offering a powerful product search engine that is backed up by up-to-date CAD, BIM, and specifications. And just as it was in 1991, ArcCat offers all of this at no cost to the user without requiring registration. Visit ArcCat.com today and see why architecture professionals have used it for three decades. That's A-R-C-A-T.com to start building better content today. We have an important announcement. We do. Um, a couple days ago. Was it Monday? This week did fly by. It went by fast. On Monday, we filmed another whole section um, probably the last section. There's some things I'm going to add just personally mm-hmm. about some of the mm-hmm. templates that I'm honing. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually want to talk to you and we'll do it right after this. Put in the notes, um, the new bidding spreadsheet, right? Okay. So, uh, we filmed that. We are literally getting our, uh, filmographer. Is that the term? Videographer. There we go. Bill. Thank you to cut it all together because you know, we had different cameras and all that. Um, and we are launching it February 12th, Architect to Builder. Um, if you are thinking about growing in that way or taking the leap or even becoming a CM or prepping yourself for the future, 
honestly, we, we think you should do it. it, it it's been great for us uh, and we wanna lay out our path to success to hopefully help you succeed. If you wanna get out, get in on it early before everyone else, email me at akg at f9productions.com. We haven't figured out all the pricing, we haven't figured out all the promotion, but everyone that emails me before February 12th will get a discount yes. that those- Early bird uh, special. Yep, those past February 12th will not get. Yep. So if you were ever even just considering it or thinking like, hey, I might considering this, email me so that we have you on the list so that you will get the special deal. It, and honestly, just even if you're thinking about it, because if you hear us February 12th or see the promotions, you're like, oh, then I want it. Like, well, then you're paying the full price. So that's just how it is. Uh, it helps us know demand, helps us kind of wrap up. So email me at akg at f9productions.com. Yep. And you will be hearing us on multiple podcasts coming up soon about the launch on Friday, February twelfth. Uh, just a, all all the all the big ones, all all the big architecture podcasts. We're excited to, to be on them. Talk talk with everybody. So if you haven't, if you hear it here, you're probably going to hear it somewhere else too. So we're gonna be we're gonna be in your ear. Um, I think it's gonna be super beneficial. We we lay it out there just like we do with this podcast. Lay it all out there, basically bare, and try to help people um, from the ground up. Yep, get a leg up. Yep. So sign up, sign up, do it. So let me tell you, let me tell you, Lance, one of the files that we're going to include, nice. right? Okay. So one of the big learning steps of construction is what are all the steps? What is everything you have to bid out? What's the sequence? What's the steps? sequence? What comes before? What comes after? Exactly. That is literally the backbone. I would call it the spine. Of the the whole spine. Thing. And, and once you get that spine figured out generally, it doesn't matter what kind of construction type it is. That that's really the key, and then everything else can flow from there, and you can start honing in on how to how to manage people, yeah, uh, all that stuff. And I've had literally on a house ten thousand dollar misstep, like ten thousand dollars that wasn't accounted for, right? So like it's what okay. I'm telling you about could help you save ten thousand yep. dollars. Like so, <clears throat> Lance, when we started our firm, one thing that we looked at was, hey, this is all great. We know we've been at firms for a little bit, but we are going to model like it gets built. Yep. We're just gonna simplify things and relate it to the real world as much as possible, right? So I've looked at our bid for construction spreadsheet. I've looked at Nick Renard's. I've looked at uh, another one, uh, two other ones from other contractors. And it's either in, you know, like category, like um, what are those codes? The CSI codes. CSI codes, right? Specifiers Institute. Right. Or, and, and I've looked at the the bank one, right? Yep. Or it's just kind of listed and, and there's a whole bunch of them. <clears throat> and I go, well, this isn't how it gets constructed. Yeah. This is not how it gets constructed. Yep. So I broke it apart into the phases of construction. I like it, Al. I love where he's going with this. <clears throat> because, because I thought too, okay, let's say one of our guys takes over. A construction job. Mm -hmm. This is going to help them yep. lay out the steps and the sequences so that they sounds know like a two second move to me. <laughs> exactly. I've been doing this in the morning during my two second time. Um, but then obviously like it's going to apply to this course and it's going to help everyone else out. Mm -hmm. So I broke it into those sections and then I even broke it into if you, you know, plumbing bids, when yep. we get plumbing bids, we get rough plumbing this much. Yeah. Final plumbing this much. That's about right? as much detail as we get. So I have you know, a section that's, you know, roughs, rough plumbing, rough electrical, whatever. And later I have final and I have final electrical, final plumbing, all that stuff so that they know that there's these 
sequences and that these things happen in these orders. But when you get the bid, you can break that apart. <clears throat> you mm-hmm. can see it. It's 5,000 for rough. It's 10,000 for final, right? Yep. Yep. And then I go, okay, <clears throat> let's make this even simpler and, and help people too. There's two places for plumbing, right? Sometimes there's three places for framers because they come in different sequences. Yeah. Right? Maybe it's uh, rough plumbing or underground. Maybe it's rough on interior and then, and then trim out for finish. Yep. So the first category that I have before that is, is a small category and it just says subs and it's a, you know, like, so if there's anyone that's multiple, it will say plumbing, plumbing, plumbing so that you could sort by plumbing. And then when you're looking at the bid, did I account for these four things? Right. Yep. Um, so, so you don't make the misses. I think that's what Alex is getting yes. at just to kind of tie it back. So you don't miss part of the sequence, especially if it's your first building project. Even if it's your second or third, heck, I mean, the one you're talking about would have been My third, third fourth. fourth, fourth, fifth, something like that. Like it's not, you know. So we just we're just trying to get that feedback loop tied up, exactly, cinched up, and and make it simple and easy and in one place, intuitive. Exactly. So it literally becomes intuitive, right? Thinking yep. of just sequences. I really like this yep. idea. Yep. And then. You know, something somebody somebody ought to pay out more. Yeah, and I, I literally, I'm gonna say in the course, but then also to the people uh, here, like you have to fill out a number for this, or or put in there NA, so that you make sure yeah. that it that it either doesn't apply. You know, fireplaces they have no fireplace. Sure, NA, but if there's four things for plumbing and you don't have a number in each one of those, you better look back at your contract or put NA in there so you don't miss it. Mm-hmm. So smart. Okay. Smart man doing smart things. Uh, it's exciting. Very exciting. You make me think, though, that we need to actually, I'm going to say it on air, that we need to modify one of the videos to then cut to the previous ones that we recorded to cut to the new modified bit well, sheet. Is that right? Or No, we don't need to. be. We went over the spreadsheet, and it, it's still going to work with that percentage thing. And then at the end, we have a section called resources, and I'm going to go over the final resources. Ah, and, and this we, is like an additional resource, a bonus, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, but we even said in that first video is like, hey, look at the resources. We'll have a final one. Excellent. Yep. Yep. Excellent. Um, and what, what's great about the like, why you know I what think... I would, you know, here's what I would say about... Sorry to interrupt. I'm yeah. interrupting Lance. What I would say is like, these, these are templates for you to modify and you to make your own. Really, that's like right. our ideas are only our ideas. Take them as far as as you feel comfortable with, and then modify them. Yeah, because we do the same whenever we get we get we get we go into courses like this or books or whatever. Right, but but I feel that what what I'm doing right now and what you know everyone can get once this course comes out is as powerful, and we've know it, it's been proven as Revit model like it gets built. Yes, none of the bid spreadsheets are broken down into. They're broken down maybe into CSI categories, but not into the sequence that construction happens. Yeah. And it, it just simplifies it and makes it more clear. Mm-hmm. So email me, akg at f9productions.com. Make that happen today. I'll tell you what uh, what I'm going to make happen. We're going to talk about some numbers, okay? That's Let's exciting. So my uh, my friend Lucas Reams, uh, architect and director at Trimble Consulting, he's been on the podcast before two years ago. When we were still doing in-person conferences, hope to start them again one day. Who knows? That would be fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it would be fun. <sighs> it would actually really be fun. I would like to go to the International Builder Show. Um, in Florida? Yes. Swamp people? Nick Renard? He's a high swamp fives. person? Constant high fives. Do you think he's an alligator in a man suit? <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Is there any question about that? 
<laughs> there is no Nick Reed today. So sad. So <sighs> sad. Uh, anyway, uh, Lucas is a very is a data data driven individual. He is a super smart guy, and he posted on LinkedIn uh, two days ago the construction industry's most important data, um, all in one place. So I thought there was a that we should look at some trends because this is a business podcast. You need to be abreast of trends, and so let's start at the top here. I've got a link, and maybe Al will include it in the, in the show notes. Um, it's basically the the website is go.constructible. Trimble.com, um, and I think you could find it from there. And literally, it's called the construction industry's most important data all in one place. Like it's verbatim of what Lucas posted. So, uh, architecture billings in index is one of the first ones, and that's what all architects are always interested in, right? The AIA is pretty uh, kept pretty abreast of it. So, before the pandemic hit, before we locked down the before the government locked down locked everybody down and did all did all that they did uh, in February of 2020. Billings were up. We were above the 50, 50 mark average. So uh, the way it works is the AIA's architectural billing index reflects billing, business conditions at arch- U.S. architecture firms where 50 is flat, 50 plus is growth. So we were growing. Then if you look at this chart, we went all the way down, which makes sense. From like 50, 20 yeah. in February to 27 in March. 20, yeah. So wow. Cut it in half. I mean, you're the shutdown of the economy. Everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Look work. what happens. <laughs> Uh, but then this chart is showing a V-shaped recovery, which is awesome, right? And that's what we were hoping for. Everybody was hoping for a V-shaped recovery. So it looks like we're there. Uh, the last two points of data, October 2020, November 2020 is what Lucas has on here, is that uh, October we were back above. We were in the positive again. And then November we slipped a little bit. Uh, and then so we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Um it seems like uh, for for us, it's pretty steady. Uh, I would be interested to interested to see where where it plays out from here. One that didn't surprise me at all was construct. The next chart is the construction cost index. Big news: construction costs aren't going down, right? Yeah. They are not going down. We have a labor shortage now. Materials plus we have a new administration federally, so who knows what's going to have play out there yet? You know, we need some time to see how that goes, but. Uh, if you are a builder or even an architect and you're listening to this, I think you should be conservative with your estimates for people and just be flat out honest about it and uh, kind of blunt in a, in, a, in a way that works for you. Costs aren't going down anytime soon. And the biggest thing you can do is reduce square footage and design super efficiently, two foot increments, stuff like that, in order for, in order for, for uh, projects to hopefully come in under budget. Um, Al has a really cool idea about new houses that maybe will make them even more cost effective. Uh, so, uh, the construction backlog is the next one. And that one had, um, that one declined a little bit, meaning that like there's a less of a backlog for construction projects, which is interesting. But then I have another article that I'm going to bring up that kind of count counter contradicts that. So it's just like the news, right? I feel like, um, the, the source for this was ABC, right? Literally the news, uh, mainstream media. So <clears throat> everybody's getting their data points from different parts. And I think you need to pick pick apart where you're at to kind of s- just get a feel for things, right? Get your confidence up or down. So speaking of confidence, and the next one is a construction confidence indicator. That one looks like an L-shaped recovery, not the V. Yeah, meaning it was at, let's say 70, it went down to 40, and now it's at 48. So... 70s straight across straight down to 40 slowly up to 48 which is not close to 70 yep 
the biggest, the last two that I'll talk about here before jumping into the article, and this is why I think it's important to jump right into the article after this, is construction starts. So, uh, the construction starts are basically flat, meaning, mm-hmm. I mean, they're really, there's not a lot going. S- since 19. Yes. They're generally flat, uh, which is concerning because before the p- pandemic, the, no- the figures we were hearing was demand to supply was two to one, meaning there's two buyers for one house. And we're that- seeing this locally, like with our guys trying to buy houses. With our employees trying to buy homes, uh, even Lance and Al looking at fix and flips, not even a thing. Like I, that market is dead. That uh, market is dead because it's just so competitive. Like it doesn't make any sense. Um, right. uh, unless you, I don't know, unless you found some kind of crazy, crazy deal or I don't know, uh, private deal, I don't know. Uh, construction, the last one is the construction spending. Again, it's through the roof, just through the roof. Like it looks like it dropped a little bit again. Uh, yep, when the pandemic hit. And then it shot right back up. That one's a V-shaped recovery. So what does that mean if if we're flatlining? What does it mean if we're flatlining with new builds? We've been that way for years, right? And at the same time, all the construction costs are going up, right? Plus, it looks like the billings are going back up for architecture. That means housing prices are only going to go higher and higher and higher, right? Even though Market Watch just came out with this article yesterday, new home construction activity soars to highest level in over a decade. Over a damn decade. There was another This is for the whole US? Who is this? Yes. Say that from who? Uh Market Watch. Okay. Pretty good business um website. I, I check I, I there's a, I I read them at least once a week uh for stocks or whatever. So, uh, builders constructed single-family homes at a 12% faster pace in December. But remember, when you look at the whole graph, it's still basically flatlining when you take the average, meaning, okay, that's good news, but it's still not even close to to starting to close that gap with in, in demand to supply, right? So, your real estate is an excellent, excellent investment. It, it has to be at this point, right? Um, so just, just some quick notes from the article, us home builders started construction on homes at a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.67 in December, representing a 5.8% increase from the previous month's figure. So, so that's good. Uh, but again, like that kind of percentage, like you'd have to, you'd be, you'd be having to talk about something like a 25 to 50% increase to really start taking a chunk out of the thing. So I have a question for you, Al, right? Okay. So, um, what is the solution here to get those numbers up, if ever? For building? Can I only... I only know Colorado right now. Yeah, Colorado's fine. Yep. Um, you have to... Colorado has two big issues, and I've looked into this. You have to massively reduce the site plan review timeline and structure for new housing developments, whether it be multifamily or new <coughs> neighborhoods. And I mean, like, you need to simplify it so, so much. Um, across the board. Across the There's board. There's got to be, like, a rectification. And and I'm actually happy with, with Longmont because we gave them some criticism, and they came out with, like, a checklist, right? Yep. So at least... They took, okay. it, they took it for real. They even, they even have uh, examples of exactly how they want the drawings to look. Right. Good. And I'm happy with that. But I'm also unhappy because 
now they're going to be looking at this checklist and be like, oh, you didn't put this graph where we wanted or yep. this one. And it was like, again, you saw that that graph was on the same page. It was just on the other side. Like, does it doesn't really affect matter? the building? Does, doesn't so, affect the building. Yep. And then the other thing that's hitting Colorado is buying water. Yeah. Water is huge. Yep. And because we live in a, we live in a literally a it's it's technically a semi arid desert. Yep. It, it's not a joke. We live on we live in a damn desert. Yep. And and then how do you pay for that? Because Okay, water prices might not go down, but but you have to pay for wall, raw water immediately, and that is instantly a sixteen thousand dollar hit at the minimum for even starting. And that's not even talking about all the other tap taxes and fees. You're easily looking at thirty to fifty thousand dollars. Thirty to fifty thousand dollars, and you didn't even buy land yet. Yep. You didn't even buy the land yet. Now, if land costs you a hundred, now you're at a hundred and fifty. Okay. You're starting at 150. It's, it, it's so, so it's th- not a building code thing. It is a zoning issue. It is a planning issue. It is a right. big big picture issue. Right. So if you had a, let's say you're trying to do affordable thousand square foot houses, which you could get three bedrooms in. I, I know you can. <clears throat> Off the bat, your price per square foot right now is $150 for the land and for that. Now mm-hmm. let's say you could somehow get the land down to 50. You're still at, you're starting at $100 a square foot. Okay, now you got to build it for a hundred to hundred fifty dollars a square foot. Easily, you're getting up to three hundred dollars a square foot. That's, that's that's a lot. Yep, that's a lot. And here's the other thing I would add again: think about macroeconomics. Everybody, should, everybody, I hope maybe they're tired of me t- preaching about it, but like every time they print more money, there's more there's more money supply. That's called inflation, and what it does is it devalues every single dollar in your pocket. So cash is trash, right? So where are people going to who have any kind of capital that they need to make that, who know that you need, capital is useless unless you're making it work for you in some way. You're buying real estate, you're buying stocks, you're making you're a new business, making a, a machine. New, yep, a business is an excellent example too. Yep, that's a, that's an, this is a different kind of asset, right? But you're not putting it in bonds or anything. So a lot of people are looking at the real estate market and going, like like we are with this perspective of there are there we are way under we're, we're we're underserving the market entirely just because we cannot build houses fast enough because of all the reasons Alex just kind of talked about plus more and the only way our money is going to increase is because is if we put it back into home so then you're competing against also investors not just people oh, yeah. who want a house like our our young folks who are you know, have a gainfully employed at F9, they're going to buy a house, hopefully. So think about that uh, and then see how you can capitalize on that, I think, right? Whether it's you investing in new homes, you may be taking the course <laughs> so you can, so you could build some houses, right? There's all kinds of uh, ideas there. Real estate is still in, it, real estate is, the, the final thing I'd say is real estate, the real estate sector is in great, great shape. It's in great shape and don't listen to the people who think it's a bubble again. It's not because of the demand and the the lending regulations are not even close to the same. They're just, they're not doing it anymore. Like when we were leading up to the last recession, one other thing you could do is you could, and I was talking to actually one of our, one of our employees about this because we were talking about appraisals and, and we both heard from this, from different lenders, the same thing. And that was before the crash, lenders were able to talk directly to appraisers and that's kind of collusion. Yeah. You can't do that. Kind of, kind of. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, the, the talking to the, they would say, hey, appraiser, 
they, this needs to appraise for three hundred ninety one thousand. You can't. You can't do that. Now there's a system and it's it's set up better. Yeah. So you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. It's fixing the system. So see what you can do with all that. That's that's what I got from that. And I have I have a little bonus piece of information here, and that is there is no Nick Reads. We have that on the schedule. Yeah. Uh, Thumbtack sales advice is no sales advice. So what do what I do mean, mean by that? Yeah, yeah, what do you mean? What I mean by that is uh, I've found out a new tactic recently on Thumbtack, and that is <clears throat> people will contact. It, it, this is a very specific typology, two two different kinds. Um, so the first one that I that I find that I'm getting is somebody emails me or messages me on there and contacts, and they say master bedroom addition above garage. That would be you know they want to basically have a little suite above the garage, whether it's detached and detached. And the first thing I ask them as I don't throw them a number is I say. Hey, I'm interested, but the first thing to do would be for us to make sure you can do the addition per your property zoning. We are happy to look in that few before we prepare a proposal. What's your address? Now, I hear, I hear some people screeching in the background right now, and they're saying, free what? work. Yeah, exactly. Free there work. was Al. Yep, you're giving out free work. It took five minutes. Oh, it's a softer you. way to keep the conversation going. And you're helping them. Not only that, but this is a two-second thing because we have found... Oh. You'd be wasting your time if you did all this work and Bingo. The- so five minutes instead of maybe a half hour putting together a proposal. Make sure oh, meeting another half hour? I mean, easy an hour yep. or two. So take that for what it's worth. The other one I've been seeing lately, and I think this is a COVID thing. I also think this one is even a COVID thing because people are talking about, you know, an additional unit where mom could live or grandma or grandpa or whatever is uh, like these little studios in the back of their uh, backyards. ADUs? So, yep. Kind of. ADU, but like this one that I'm going to go meet with this gal uh-huh. soon is today, actually. This is literally why I'm bringing it up today is did the same thing. Uh, she contacted us and said, hey, I'm looking to do this like yoga studio in the back of my backyard. And we said, well, I'm interested, but uh, here's, you know, we be we need to do some zoning research. For that one, this is an experiment. I'm always experimenting on here. I said, it'll take us an hour to do it. So we need to bill you for that. And here's our fee. And she agreed. And we sent her a link. She paid. And we did the research, sent mm-hmm. it back. Now I have an additional paid meeting with her to go down there because the preliminary research was uh, good and in her favor. And then here we go. So we might do a little yoga studio. Awesome. There's your sales, no sales advice. Yeah. Don't tell. Serve. Ha. Bam. Look at Al. That needs to be a shirt. What do we got next? We have, uh, let's bring down the team for ARE Jeopardy. Question number one. What is the minimum railing height for scaffolding? Is it A, 42 inches, B, 38 inches, C, 34 inches, D, 36 inches? What is the minimum, minimum railing height for scaffolding? A, 42, B, 38. C, 34, D, 36. And we have A, A, C, B, A. A. Correct answer is A. Correct. 42. Woo, we have celebrations going on. People are excited. Okay, question two. Let's see if you're excited about this one. A non-return valve is known as a A, check valve. B, full port valve. C, stop and waste valve. D, needle valve. 
And afterwards, I can tell you what each one of those valves are. A, check valve. B, full port valve. C, stop and waste valve. D, needle valve. A, C, A, A, A. A is correct. A check valve only allows it to go one way. A full port valve basically is your traditional one that you see that just opens or close. A stop and waste valve is basically a T valve. So it's like if something's coming and it's supposed to go this way, you can turn it so up, up, waste it out that way. Bam. And a needle valve is basically where you can control the level of flow. So you can, you kind of twist the top and it goes down or up. You got the, it. The more you know. The more you know. All right. Number three. This is for Ross. What kind of concert <laughs> hall shape produces the highest sound strength levels? Is it A, shoebox, B, reverse fan-shaped, C, terraced surround, or D, fan-shaped? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm happy to say it again. Uh, I'm going to do the question one more time. What kind yeah. of concert hall shape produces the highest sound strength levels? A, shoebox, B, reverse fan-shaped, C, terraced surround, D, fan-shaped. Al was playing it out there with his hands. Um, I would say the wrong answer. Okay. I know I would. All right. What do we got? We got, uh, D, D, C, D. Too late. The fan one. The fan one? That's where, that's where Rebecca picked. D. All incorrect. Shoebox. I would have said fan. Is a real thing. I always think that one. It's like the black box. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Good huh. thinking. Yep. Number four, also for Ross, which one of these is not one of the four most important acoustic characteristics of a good room for listening? A, warmth. B, clarity. C, spatial impression. D, loudness. Again, that is number four. Which one of these is not one of the four most important acoustic characteristics of a good room for listening? A, warmth. B, clarity. C, spatial impression. Or D, loudness. This one should be easy. We have A. I say A. 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 Wow, a lot of A's. D. It is B, clarity. So here's what was why. A again? Warmth. warmth. What is warmth in, in sound? What, which one of these is not one of the most foreign person characteristics of a good room for listening? So like, imagine a cold room. Right, you walk into a cold room, like it's concrete. gonna be echoey. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. You walk into a warm room with plush stuff. Right. It's not gonna be echoey. Okay. You can't have echoey. So that, that that's why like that's why clarity is an easy one for this one because it's like, well, clarity, clarity is definitely not. Yeah, it's just gonna echo and. Just, yep. I'm just preparing everybody for when we get a concert hall soon. It's coming up, coming up. All all I have is Revit rocket ship. Well, hang on. Who won? Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> what two, 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 one? We have a winner. We have a winner. We have a clear winner. Oh, okay, tie. Mark Pedler, come Pedler. on down. Markitech. Markitech's gonna read it. The rules for tiebreaker. Play if you can. The quickest. What? They'll play for fun. If you know the answer, shout it out. Shout it out. <laughs> Wherever you are at. If you're at a concert hall, if you have your headphones in and you're walking around, just. We'll hear you. Don't worry. You too? Yep. And I'll, I'll watch and then point which one's first. All righty. 
Rank these open web steel joist types in order from lowest possible span to highest possible span. Easy. Easy. Here's the three types. LH, K, DLH. Okay. From lowest span to highest span. LH, K, DLH. All right, Reba first. Reba does not get it. Gresh gets to go. You're missing one. K. There's K, there's LH, and then there's DLH. Nope. We are guessing. We're guessing the sequence. Nope. Okay, after Gresh guess, I have a question. Nope. Okay, pause. Pause. Reba can go first. You're going to go left. Describe what these letters okay. mean. Well, that's going to give it away. That's fine. K stands for common. LH stands for long span. DLH is deep long span. Oh, so just write that down. Yeah. And just so everyone knows, they say uh, K common can span 60 feet. LH long span can go 96 feet. And DLH deep long span can be about 150. Oh. All right, Gresh, where are we going for lunch? We're going to Chinese food. Yeehaw. Look at that. Yeehaw. I said canes, but they won. I didn't win. I tried to win. I didn't know the answers. And if you don't know the, the answers in Revit, go to RevitRocketShip.com. <laughs> if you, you want to transition from architect to builder and you want to know the best way, go to email me at akg at f9productions.com. And if you want us to continue this podcast, why don't you head over to arcat.com and download some free stuff and leave us a five-star review on the iTunes. See you later.